Welcome to Thriving Within, a bi-weekly podcast loaded with health information and interviews designed to motivate and empower you. My name is Elaine Hedden, and I'm a holistic physical therapist with over 20 years experience empowering patients to reverse diagnoses such as high cholesterol, diabetes, obesity, and hypertension with diet, movement, manual therapy, and other natural methods. Before starting any health journey, let your primary healthcare practitioner know of your intentions. Always remember, your doctor works for you, not the other way around. I work for my patients, they are my boss, and I get hired and fired every day. I always encourage my patients to ask questions and be involved with their health care. The more involved you are with your health, the more empowered you will be to make health care decisions that are right for you. When it comes to our health, one size fits one. We are living in a time more than ever that requires precision medicine and quality health care designed for each individual. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for joining me and start thriving within today. Thank you for joining us on Thriving Within today. And we have a very special guest. Her name is Lori Zulliger, and she is one of Alaska's top teachers for a homeschool organization called, the acronym is IDEA, and that stands for Interior Distance Education in Alaska. And she has been with IDEA as a teacher for over 20 years, I believe, so we are going to focus on how homeschool, and if you're on the fence, if you're a mom or a dad, and you're on the fence for homeschooling your child or your children, this is a great podcast to, um, because not only is it going to focus on homeschool, but how homeschooling can affect your health. And um, most of you are aware, most of my listeners are aware that All the aspects of wellness consist of health in the physical realm, the emotional realm, the mental, and the spiritual realm. So uh, we're just going to focus today on how homeschooling can affect our health. And I want to introduce our special guest today, Miss Lori Zulliger. Lori, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you, Elaine. It's an honor to be on your podcast today. (laughs) Thank you. That was a very nice introduction. Thank you. It's an honor to have you. And um, just real quick, if you can maybe tell the listeners, how how did you end up in Alaska? Where, where, where were you born and how did you get up here? Well, I always think it's a spiritual journey, but it, it was one of those things that I just put out there. And I said, if this doesn't happen, we're moving to Alaska to my family. And it ended up we moved to Alaska. So it was a pretty funny story, long story, which I won't get into. But the wonderful thing was I ended up in Galena, in the Bush community of Galena, and was teaching high school there at, in a residential school. And I just it opened my eyes to Alaska and the wellness issues that we face as a community. And so, and I, I never had really known that much about homeschooling before. And I was asked to write curriculum for a homeschool idea. And so I was brought back into town 
worked uh, worked out of Anchorage for IDEA writing curriculum for reading and writing to help the students pass the HSGQE, which is the high school graduation qualifying exam that we had back in the day. And so that was a really wonderful experience to get to know homeschool families through that venue as I was helping them overcome their fear of that exit exam because they were worried they're what, how do I know what, what my students need to know to be able to graduate kind of thing? And we also had a math curriculum that another crew was working on. So that was my first introduction to IDEA. And then when I saw the homeschooling community and realized the strength of their values and the quality education that was happening with these young people, that's when we switched our daughter over to homeschooling as well. So it's been a wonderful journey. It felt like, you know, being pushed off a cliff. You know, I think we all feel that when we first make the decision to homeschool. And you did the same thing, Elaine. <laughs> right. Yes, I remember. <laughs> but the way I like to look at it, it's an organization that comes alongside our homeschool parents. And we don't lord over you or tell you what to do. What we do is we come alongside you. And I like to look at it as I'm just the wind beneath the parents' wings. So they're not going to crash. We're going to help them learn how to navigate this new world of homeschooling. And I like how you said in your podcast that working with people and their wellness is a one size fits one. And I think that sums up basically what we do too. It's every student gets their very own personalized education. It's it's amazing. And my daughter thrived in that community and ended up just being able to find her full potential and take college classes as a high schooler because she wanted to. I mean, it's just you're just building them up, helping them follow their curiosities until they get to the point where they really want to learn. They just have a love of learning. They they just can't wait to learn, even if it's not for a grade. And I think that was my ultimate goal as a mom and also my goal as a homeschool contact teacher with IDEA. That's beautiful. And, you know, um, I've met, I was one of those parents where <laughs> I had absolutely no, you know, I'm a, as you know, I'm a physical therapist. So I'm like, give me adhesive capsulitis, give me dysdidococonesia. <laughs> I know how to work with that, but. But, you know, being a teacher, I, you know, so I was really on the fence and there was a parent that gave me such good advice in the beginning. Um, she, she's actually, she said, I have three pieces of advice. She said, relax, relax, and relax. <laughs> she said, don't, you know, you don't, don't worry about it because they will learn, they will absorb because they're working at a pace that works for them and they're mm -hmm. working on subject matter that they're interested in and those interests will fill those core requirements as they're going through that homeschooling journey. So I guess what would be your advice for someone that's like almost ready, a mom or a dad just... I'm almost ready to tip over. I want to get out of the government system of school, which can be good, but it can also be very dysfunctional. That parent that just wants to tip over to the edge, what, what would you, what would be their, your first 
bit of advice to that parent? Well, my first advice, and I remember giving this to you too back in the day, Elaine, is that you love your child more than anyone else. More. I mean, there can be a teacher out there that loves your child, but never could anyone love your child as much as you do. So you've got that on your side. So you're going to do your very best. You're going to search out whatever curricula is going to meet the needs of your child. You're going to, like you said, go at the pace that they need to thrive. You're going to help them learn how to not just nibble around the plate of of education, but really dive in and devour that plate, whatever happens to be on the plate at the time. And that's the beauty of homeschooling, too, is you get to pick what you put on your plate. It's not handed to you and you have to eat the split pea soup and the mush, but you get to choose what you want on your plate. So it's, it's amazing. There are millions of people out there homeschooling in the United States, which means there are thousands and thousands of curriculum choices out there also. So it is a one size fits one. You can have 10 children. Everybody can have a different curriculum. I know that sounds mind boggling, but it's actually doable and workable. And I was a teacher for 17 years before I started homeschooling and I was scared. And I thought, what if I mess up my kid, you know, <laughs> right? But, but we learn right alongside our children. We don't have to be the experts. I mean, I don't think we need to be the sage on the stage kind of teacher. We're the guide on the side. We're, we're there to support and encourage and facilitate the learning and to provide those opportunities and experiences that are going to help them just grow mentally and physically and spiritually. And, and schooling never stops. When homeschooling is 24-7, there's always something to learn, whether you're teaching nutrition in the kitchen while you're helping, they're helping you make dinner or you're, you know, out on a hike and discovering all kinds of treasures. So it's just, it's just a non and never-ending kind of communion, if you will, with your child. And it's amazing the relationship that you can build because you actually have time to get to know your children. I think oftentimes when I look back when my daughter was in public school, she would get on the bus super early. She would get to school. She would do her thing there. She'd come home and she was required to do hours of homework, even as a kindergartner. Right. And so we're like struggling to try to figure out what the assignment meant. And then, I mean, a kindergarten, right? It shouldn't be yeah. that hard, but it was. And, and then, I, I remember those, I, I don't want to interrupt, but I remember those no. assignments as being so much busy work. And yeah. then my daughter had to get to bed by yeah. 7.30, 7.45 to get ready exactly. for the next day. Exactly. And so yeah. I felt like all of our family time was taken away from us. And uh, all we had time was for, as a family, was to eat and and health and hygiene kind of stuff, except for the weekends. And then there was also that mental thing, Elaine, about, you know, how kids can be cruel at times at school, and there can be a lot of dysfunction going on in a group. I mean, you don't get to pick who's in your in the classroom with your child. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes on there that's not healthy mentally and emotionally, and even physically for a lot of kids with the bullying. And I think that uh, I just felt like every night we had to decompress. Mm-hmm. And it took months in the summer to get my daughter back to my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is not right. Something's wrong. I even got on the school bus with her one day and went all the way to school, spent the whole day with her at school, even though the bus driver told me I needed a note. I said, well, do you want me to write one? 
<laughs> Good for anyway. you. That's great. He's like, oh, well, okay, I guess you are the parent. So anyway, I, I did that. I was exhausted. And all I did, all I remember doing that whole day was coloring pages. And I'm like, what a waste. Mm. And I felt like everything my daughter learned, she'd learned at home for the most part. She wasn't really learning anything new. So that was one of the reasons why we decided there were other things that happened along the way because she didn't start homeschooling till midway through second grade, but it was a really good decision. And I think it was something that helped her relax and focus because if we are upset and uptight and emotionally disturbed, we cannot focus. And so how do we expect our children to learn anything? If they're just either worried or, or upset about something, and that's what's going on a majority of the day, and it's not mm-hmm. a teacher's fault. I mean, they have 25, 30 students in there, and that's a lot of young people to manage. Right. And coming from all kinds of different situations and everyone trying to find their own way and, you know, different personalities try to find their power to f- to be empowered in different ways. And so it's natural that there'll be all those different personalities that come together. But the way I kind of looked at it is, do I want to choose my daughter's group or do I want it to be chosen for me? And I thought, well, I can choose who we're gonna have co-ops with and what groups we're going to be involved with to do fun things. You know, right. and I got to choose and it made all the difference because she got to be around happy people and people who were not mean and people who also had a love of learning. And I got to just, my husband and I together, we worked it out, did it together. We, we just tried to create that love of learning as a number one motivator in, right. in, in our homeschooling. So. Beautiful. And, and your daughter now, I believe she's working on her PhD. Yes, that's true. Yes. Okay. So she gra- she went on to college mm-hmm. and graduated. Yeah. and because, because I knew how to navigate this world and we had contact teachers who would help, you know, who help us know what to do, who really care. We, she was able to become a National Merit Scholar, and then she went on to get her master degree, or BA, and then she went on to get her master's, and now she's working on her PhD. And so, yeah, wow. she, because she just loves learning. She just loves yeah. it and maybe wants to be a teacher someday. And so that just, it just makes my heart swell because I did, I feel like my job was, you know, it's like something comes in the catalog about something to learn. She's like, Ooh, I want to learn that. Not for a grade, just because I really want to learn that. I'm just right. like, yes, that's, I've achieved my purpose. <laughs> right. And that, you know, to me, that's one of the beauties of homeschool is it, you know, so often a, a system will squelch their love of learning and they mm-hmm. just don't want anything to do with school. Mm-hmm. But that homeschool is like, you know, my feeling was if you want to go off on a tangent and explore mm-hmm. this history or this aspect of science, I was totally fine with that because oh, yeah. they're just learnings and, yes. and that love yes. of learning um, is what it's about because yeah. that, that's how we discover who we are 
and mm. how we're wired and what we love. And, and then that energy or that resonance will then radiate out to others who will then maybe potentially be attracted to, Hey, wow, you're into, and it can be anything. It can be, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, biology, it can be dungeons and dragons. It, it can be whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, if, you know, as long as it's positive, constructive, um, productive energy. And I love how you earlier, you said you don't, as a parent, you don't have to be if I get this straight, the sage on the stage, you can be yeah. the guide on the side. I love right. that. Yeah. Because so often we think everything is 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 on us, the mom or the dad. Mm-hmm. And if we mess up, it's mm-hmm. our fault. And yeah. you, we don't want to get into that blame game of, you know, we just want to be that guide. Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess the homeschooling, so I, I've heard of, a concept of let's see there's homeschool unschooling what did they say fun schooling Un- Un- that- unschooling unschool so can you yes. talk a little bit about that yeah that is that's an age-old term where people felt like they wanted to bring back the classics and so it's a classical education there are several gurus out there that people follow like charlotte mason but it is it is a philosophy that we learn through living and that like, Oh, it's learning about so much math while you're cooking and canning and gardening and learning about nature and science while you're out in nature, you know, and not that they don't teach reading, writing, arithmetic, but they, it's more of a, project based if you will even though they don't prepare projects necessarily it's it's more of a uh, learning through living if I could just put it one way and using the classics so there's a lot of rich literature and critical thinking I think is probably one of the greatest aspects of homeschooling in general not even just unschooling but having our children really be able to learn to problem solve and think critically about the information that's coming in, like watching an election. It would be a family learning and everyone would be involved in it and everyone would be talking about it and everything that goes on around them, they talk about it and they learn from it and they discuss it and they debate it and they just learn how to think critically. And I think that was a really good aspect of our homeschooling journey too, is to be able to have the time to really talk about the important stuff, you know, right. the really important things in life. Right. And I, and, and I, I'm going back to the health aspect too, Elaine, there were the red flags and probably parents get these. It's like stomach aches. Oh, you have to stay home because you have a stomach ache, stomach ache after stomach ache and headaches and then anxiety. Oh, so many children are facing anxiety these days and I don't blame them, but it's, it's, it's just like this nervousness, this fluttery thing that's going on in them and they can't think straight. And I think just removing them from the environment that's making them anxious can calm them down enough so that they can again focus and learn and right. find their full potential. And then, I, you know, on that health aspect, I've just always questioned, you know, is it the healthiest, is it in our nature to be crammed in a classroom Mm -hmm. with up to 38 students Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and having to sit all and, day long and, and now, especially with masks. Right. Oh my goodness. Right. Is that is that is that really what our children are designed to do? So mm-hmm. I just I just really question mm-hmm. um, you know, in our experience, um, we we did public school. We had a wonderful kindergarten teacher, um, and then the first and second grade teacher was the same teacher and very nice woman, but um you know, it was just, my daughter would kind of finish their assignment and then she was mm-hmm. just kind of shoved in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. Like, or okay. like my daughter, she was asked to be the tutor for everyone. Right. So she was the one teaching everyone. So right. And like, then, yeah. when so we're it's not pro- a one size fits one. It's a, right. it's a go as fast as your slowest person is basically how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we were getting ready to go into third grade, I was I was essentially interviewing the third grade teacher and I strongly encourage parents, they work for you mm-hmm. if you're in a public school system. So I don't, mm-hmm. you, you, you are interviewing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was interviewing the third grade teacher trying to get an idea of the curriculum. And I, I asked this teacher, I asked him, so do they start going over the multiplication tables? You know, three times four, six times two. Mm-hmm. He said, I literally paraphrase. He said, oh, we don't have time for that. What? I said, excuse me? <laughs> no, we, you have to do that on your own. Okay, check. And then I said, well, how about penmanship? Do you start working on penmanship? No, that's not necessary. Okay. So it was kind of, I was reading the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um my daughter had been asking about homeschool because um, I think she found out about it because we had some babysitters that were homeschooled and they were just stellar mm-hmm. young girls. They were just yes. incredible, very interesting, diverse, um, very well socialized. Um, and so, so we thought, you know, let's, you know, she's asking about it. We're not getting good vibes from the third grade teacher. Um, you know, let's try it. So, mm-hmm. um, so maybe if you can address the, you know, cause I will hear some questioning or critiquing like, well, what about the socialization? So maybe mm-hmm. you can kind of address that. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's concerned about that. There has been a lot of studies done by parties that were actually against homeschooling that came to the realization that homeschool children that grow to adults and go to college far exceed even private school students. So, so, so the education itself is, is, and it has nothing to do, and they, they did the study, has nothing to do with the parents' socioeconomic status. It has nothing to do with how much education the parent had. So it, it was just a real eye opener to a lot of people that, wow, this one-on-one education that's designed with one person in mind is the way to go but like you said everyone's like well what about the socialization and that's we always laugh because there's so much socialization that goes on there are thousands and thousands of people who homeschool in idea in our office in matsu where i work there are two thousand people who home two thousand students and there are another two thousand in anchorage and, and more thousands we have I don't remember. I think we're the 14th largest school district in the nation. We have, wow. yeah, we have close to over 9,000 students enrolled in the IDEA program this year. Wow. 
That's and, great. and they're all over the state and those kids get together and they do stuff, you know, it, it's fun. We do all kinds of workshops and things at the office, but they also have, uh, we have a parent advisory committee that has field trips all over the place all the time. And there are co-ops that spring up, you know, like one parent says, well, I'm pretty good at science. I'll teach everybody science. What do you want to teach? And so someone's like, oh, I would love to teach language arts, reading literature. I love that. So then that person does that. And the other one's like, I'll teach clogging. And so anyway, between everybody, <laughs> they come up with something that they want to do. And maybe one day a week, all the kids get together. And again, like I said, you get to pick. You get to pick those students that they're going to be working with. And it's a beautiful thing because then you don't have to deal with that de decompression and trying to get all that ucky stuff out every night before they go to sleep so they don't have nightmares and so that they can get through the mm. day without stomach aches and and it's just it's um it's uh and then they have their friend base you know and it's fun and then the parents get a little relief too and it's nice for the parents to get together with other people right. i think there's been a big shift uh with the fear of covid and everything and the masking there have been a lot of people who've come to homeschool but really don't know what homeschooling is and because of the shutdowns and everything there wasn't the support last year that we have now where you could come in and really just sit down and say, what do I do? But mm -hmm. we were there to help, but we didn't have the resources like we normally would and, and the groups and clubs and all that stuff. So now we're getting back to normal. And I, I think that if I could give advice is that you have so much choice. And so I, sometimes if you, I'm reminded of when I lived in the bush and you go to the grocery store and there's hardly anything there to choose from. You can choose from a limp broccoli or a head of lettuce that's all brown. You get to choose, you know, that's what you got to choose from. And there weren't right. a lot and then, of and then for I, chips or any of that stuff. I, and, and I don't want to interrupt, but yeah. the for the listeners that are maybe not from Alaska, what is the bush? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The bushes is when you have to fly into a village. Oh, okay. And so, so all the little villages that are way out in the middle of nowhere, like if most of you know about the Iditarod Trail. So all those little villages along the Iditarod Trail are all around the state. They're just everywhere. Well, not in Anchorage, obviously, but they're all over the place. And, and they're just a, a small community of people who live there. And there's no road system in these villages. So... That's where I lived. And so you didn't have a lot of choice. And, and then I lived there only one year. I was going to live there longer, but because of the project that I mentioned before for writing curriculum, I came in, I uh, was overwhelmed by the amount of choice. <laughs> you know, I just, when I came into town, I would go to a grocery store. I was like, oh my goodness. I, I, I just kind of froze up. How do I even choose? You know, because, because uh, you know, imagining the concept of you live where there there's no roads. You cannot exactly. drive in or out. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so trying to get produce or anything else hardly up there was slim pickings for the community that lived there. And so there was, you got, you just took what you could get, but when you have a lot of choice and that's what I was coming to with this point is that there are so many people who are homeschooling and so many suppliers of homeschooling curriculum that it's overwhelming. And that's the beauty of being able to, to homeschool in Alaska. No other state has what we have. Our state has allowed us to legally 
have students enrolled in our program. We're an accredited program, and there are several of them around the state that do this. And what you get is you get a teacher who's going to help you make your choices. So by figuring out, like, if your child is super kinesthetic, like, I'm the type of person who cannot sit down all day. It kills me. I have to stand up, walk around, you know, and if your kid's like that, then they need a different type of education. You need a kinesthetic type of curriculum for them for the most part. And then there are kids who are really good listeners. And then there are kids who can't really listen very well. And the goal is to try to get everybody to the, an even ground where they can hear and take in information. They can work with their hands and learn how to do things. And they can also use their visual cues to learn. But, but that's the goal down the line. But when we're young and we're just starting out, we have a propensity to one or the other. And if we stick everybody in a chair and make them sit there all day long and they're a kinesthetic learner, we're just killing, we're killing all the joy of learning for that right. student. Right. right. And they can't, and they're not going to find their success because they can't learn that way all day long in every single situation. Right. right. So in homeschooling, you can completely tailor, you can work with a contact teacher from many different programs that are in the state. You can work with somebody who will help you to find the best fit. And it's not always that we find it the first time around, but that's the beauty of it too. You can change your mind and try something else. And the state is funding you to help you find the curriculum to do that. Very so it's, it's really wonderful. And, and you just learn right alongside your kid. And I think the best homeschoolers are the ones who sit down with their children and work with them. Not 100% of the time because you are trying to also develop independence and there's always the laundry to do, but right. there is, <laughs> but, but they, they need a teacher still, you know, they right. still need those mini lessons. They need someone to help them when they get stuck. And so yeah. just putting a, a student on a whole bunch of online classes and sending them to their room and say, come out in four hours when you're done is not necessarily homeschooling at all. Right. That's doing school at home. Right. That's, that's not calling called called homeschooling. Now, now my heart and mind's going out. I'm thinking of those uh, parents that I know. Both parents work full time, but mm -hmm. they're not happy with the school system. Mm -hmm. What advice? You know, is is it even possible for full time working parents to do homeschool? It is if they have alternate schedules. So if someone's always home, like I said, my husband and I both worked and we did it because I would, I would work uh, hours that I could be home and teach when he was home with the, you know, we would switch it off so that he was home and I was home and someone was always home <laughs> right. with, with the daughter. And then there are also oftentimes grandparents or aunts and uncles or people who are willing to help be the educational guardian to take that on. And I've heard of pods popping up. I think that's mm. the name of them where their parents who work hire a teacher and they can't be involved in a homeschool program for that. Cause to be involved in an actual homeschool program, like idea, the parents have to be the teachers. You can't go and take your kids someplace to be the teacher. That's more like a private school, but I've heard that's popping up around too, where, they, it's kind of like a one-room schoolhouse and parents hire somebody and they're there working with the kids all day. So that's something too. Okay. Kind of like, I remember a little house on the prairie. I mm -hmm, think exactly. Little, yeah. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Yeah. So it sounds like there are lots of options. 
um, if parents are maybe frustrated with, um, you know, kind of mandates or mm -hmm. this, this loss of, of freedom for their children and, and, or maybe just the loss of love of education yeah. and it's starting mm -hmm. to affect either their mental health or their, their physical health, um, emotional health, that, that there are options, even if you're working mm -hmm. full time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so how, how could they, you know, so for those listeners that are in Alaska, I know every state is different, but for the listeners in Alaska, um, do they just go to, uh, what's the website for idea? It's idea families. So it's www.ideafamilies.org. And there's a lot of information on there without having to have a username and passcode to get in. Once you've enrolled, you get into all the resources that are at your fingertips. There's so much to help you. And again, you get your personal assistant. And actually, I like to look at it more as a colleague. We're just, we're colleagues. We're working together for the best education of the child. And when you're thinking, can I just say one more thing about oh, yeah, the please. educational process? So when you're thinking about your child and the age of your child, it's really best to think about kindergarten or pre-K through second grade as just learning through play. The, the only time they really learn is if they think they're playing. So little girls tend to really love school because that's, they're playing school because they want to be like everyone else. But boys tend to want to just go out and build forts. So <laughs> you have to figure out how you're going to create an education around play for them. And then when they get a little older, like you were saying, you allow your child just to follow their curiosities, follow their interests down whatever rabbit trails you want. It's just development. You're teaching them how to learn. It's not about what they're learning. It's about that they're learning how to learn. The and process. so they're connecting all those brain synapses and opening those pathways, to, those neural pathways to all kinds of, of thinking, critical thinking and, and knowledge pegs if you will to hang their their debate on later and so it's it's really fun and engaging it's not easy though it's not for the faint of heart because you are pouring your energy into somebody who is trying to learn and that's not an easy thing you're trying to organize it pick the curriculum deal with struggles if there are any learning issues that are going on you know, any kind of motivational issues, it's, it's not easy. And you have to wear two hats. And you remember this, you have your parent hat, but you also have your teacher hat. Right. So you have to know how to wear both hats, probably at the same time, if I could, I think, because right. you always are going to be the mom or the dad, and you always are going to be the teacher because, you know, education never stops. Right. So so right. it's, it's, but it's, I've had so many families that because of COVID decided to start homeschooling and they're like, oh my goodness, I never knew how wonderful it could be. I know my children more now than I ever knew them before. And we are having so much fun. And that's the goal. That's the goal is as a family, you know, you, somebody's going to have to be there with them. You can't leave them home alone. That's just not going to work right. because children are not internally motivated to do school because that's called work. And so if you just plunk them down in front of a computer, then they're just that they're not going to be motivated to do much. So they really need some guide on the side and they need some fun things in there and they need other people to learn with. They need that social aspect. 
They really right. need to have a group of people that they can talk with and debate with and play with. And, um, but, but yet when they get into high school, that's the scholarly phase. So that is a, a completely different world. If you have somebody who's internally motivated, then yes, you could be working full time and they could be home doing their school online because by now, if they're in high school and they've got that desire to learn, you don't have to worry about them. And there are a lot of systems in place to help them. Online tutors, online classes. It's, right. it's pretty, pretty wonderful world out there for a high school student. Even middle schoolers who are more mature can handle it part of the time, but they still right. need a lot of, they need some, some time with others too. You can't just put everything online, but but uh, yeah, and then, you know, there's that option with homeschooling that they can take college classes too. So they could be going into that world so that they can start getting their credits out of the way if they want to continue on. Yeah, you know, and that's been a real confidence booster for my daughter, who's a junior in high school right now. And she she's a junior in high school and she has nine college credits uh, at the university level, she has a 4.0. Um, she's doing great. And that really has done a lot, I think, for that. Because I think a lot of teenagers, if not all of them, struggle with self-esteem. Oh, yes. And that's something that's like, wow, you know, I can handle this college curriculum because apparently with the Anchorage School District years ago, they took on the that that common core curriculum and really different um goals there so it's like she's kind of struggling at the high school level but then thriving in college i know i find that very interesting yeah <laughs> so yeah it's it's just been so positive so it sounds like if there's any parents that are a little bit on the fence you know and it depends on what state you're in at, homeschool is is mm -hmm. state dependent it's not a yeah. federal program you can do it i think you can do it independently anywhere right now it's still legal it's still legal to do independent homeschooling and there are some independent homeschooling resources out there you wouldn't have funding but you would have other people that you could connect with and okay. that kind of thing but but you Oftentimes, a state would have some mandates in regards to you have to bring students in for testing and you have to show they're doing work. And it just depends on the state. So you would right. have to, if you're thinking of homeschooling and you're living not in Alaska, you would need to call up your state education department, find out what their rules are in regards to homeschooling. And I think you could okay. find that out online. H HS HS HSLDA. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That's so a great organization. Yeah. So that's HSLDA. I think that's the Homeschool Legal Defense. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Association, and they're they're a great resource if you're mm -hmm. in a, mm -hmm. any state mm -hmm. um, to to start to start this adventure, which I highly recommend because it it allowed us to have that cohesiveness in our family. Mm -hmm. It was actually healthier for our daughter, mm -hmm. and that with her feeling healthier we felt healthier and then that just reverberates off of each other that energy feeds off each other so exactly. thank you so much um lori mm -hmm. if there was just one last piece of advice you'd give a, a, a parent on the fence about homeschooling what would that advice be 
Well, I would say your next step would be to talk to somebody. Either talk to somebody who's currently homeschooling. If you live in Alaska, call up IDEA. We have so many contact teachers who are just willing just to talk with you. We're not trying to get you to enroll in our program. We're just there to talk to you about what it is and what your options are. And you can come in and see the offices if you're nearby. You can be in the bush and do it too because we have we have uh, contact teachers that serve the whole state of Alaska. So it's, if you just need to talk to somebody, call up somebody an idea. Call, find somebody who's homeschooling. Talk to them. Find out what it's like from somebody who's doing it. And almost all the teachers who work at IDEA have homeschooled their own children. So they've got, they've got the inside scoop on, the, on what it's like. That sounds great. So thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us on Thriving Within today. And thank you for joining and have a great day.